0: Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. It's Tuesday, February 8th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. The Rockwood School District has been at the center of highly contentious debates over race and equity. And its new superintendent says educators have to be willing to address those issues.
1: I am not flying in with a superpowered Cape. Um, I'm a man that's going to be driving in, becoming a part of not only a district, uh, but ultimately a community.
0: Incoming Rockwood Superintendent Curtis Kane speaks with St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grumke in just a few minutes. The fallout from last year's collapse of an Edwardsville warehouse during a tornado is putting a focus on the safety of warehouse buildings. A new structure can be more than $20 million depending on its size, and a tornado shelter adds at most 2% to the overall total. St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmidt reports many Metro East warehouses don't have official storm shelters, despite their relatively low cost. The Amazon warehouse that collapsed in December didn't have a separate safe room designed for extreme weather. And that's the case for every other warehouse around it, according to officials from Edwardsville and Pontoon Beach. Jim Bell is the director of operations for the National Storm Shelter Association. He says a tornado shelter can be incorporated into the design of a normal room.
1: And that 1% of the time that you really need it to be a shelter, it's built to withstand the 250-mile-an-hour winds and the uh, 100-mile-an-hour impacts that we test these things to.
0: Bell says a shelter can cost from 20000 to a few hundred thousand dollars, depending on how big it is. The average cost for a new warehouse building in Edwardsville between 2014 and 2019 was more than $16 million. I'm Eric Schmid, St. Louis Public Radio. The Missouri Supreme Court is weighing the constitutionality of the state's Second Amendment Preservation Act. The law says local law enforcement could face $50,000 penalties if they enforce federal gun regulations. The state's high court heard arguments yesterday in a case brought by St. Louis and St. Louis and Jackson counties. Attorney for St. Louis Robert Durker says it's not up to the General Assembly to declare laws invalid. Without separation of powers, uh, we do not have a constitutional structure that uh, emanated from the founders. We have the High Court of Parliament sitting across the street instead of the General Assembly. The state says the Supreme Court does not need to determine whether the law is constitutional at this time. The court will issue its decision at a later date. A supplemental budget bill is moving through the Missouri legislature, but a current version does not guarantee a $15 minimum wage for all state workers. As St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg reports, the proposal would create a two-tiered minimum wage system for Missouri employees.
2: By a vote of 22 to 8, the House Budget Committee advanced the amended supplemental budget bill. Under Governor Mike Parsons' initial proposal, all state workers would receive a 5.5 percent cost of living adjustment. Additionally, the new baseline would have been $15 an hour. However, the amended bill changes this. Though all employees would still receive a 5.5 percent cost of living adjustment, the $15 an hour minimum wage would go to workers caring for people. Representative Cody Smith, who chairs the Budget Committee, spoke on who would qualify for the $15 baseline rate. Folks like the, the people that work in the state hospital, the veterans' homes, uh, the folks in children's division, the foster care programs. House members could debate the bill on the floor as soon as this week. In Jefferson City, I'm Sarah Kellogg, St. Louis Public Radio.
0: That supplemental budget bill also includes money to fully fund Medicaid for the rest of the fiscal year. But a proposed constitutional amendment that could defund Medicaid expansion is advancing to the full House. St. Louis's Public Safety Director is warning about a dangerous batch of suspected fentanyl after a seventh person in the same area of the city died of an apparent overdose. First responders were called to a section of Forest Park Avenue early Monday. The Post-Dispatch reports a man died a short time later. Six people died and two others survived suspected overdoses in the same area over the weekend. Interim Public Safety Director Dan Isom says federal agents and police are trying to determine the origin of the drugs. The Rockwood School District will have a new leader next academic year. Curtis Kane is moving from the Wentzville District, which he has guided for nearly a decade. He was named Superintendent of the Year in Missouri and is a finalist for that honor nationally. St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grumke speaks with Kane about the growth in Wentzville and the challenges he will be facing on his new job.
1: In my time alone, I've uh, cut ribbons on two high schools, 2013 and then again in 2021. So um, that, is cra- that, that is insane growth. This district has added um, from the year 2000, three high schools. Um, that, that is just something that you don't hear about um, in other places. So kudos to a community that understands uh, and finds a way to deploy resources to make that and allow that to continue to happen.
2: The Wentzville School Board recently voted to remove The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison from libraries. What did you think about that decision?
1: Well, we have a a district policy uh, in place, uh, policy and regulation in terms of uh, book reviews. And so the committee formed and did its work and ultimately came up with a recommendation, and we provided that recommendation uh, to the Board of Education. The board ultimately opted, uh, in the case of The Bluest Eye, to remove the book. I think there's been a lot of feedback uh, in terms of that particular decision, Um, but ultimately that is the governance call that the board has the uh, right and and the authority to make.
2: Did these school board decisions factor into your choice to leave at all?
1: Uh, The process uh, with Rockwood um, did not start uh, at the same time this particular decision um, was ultimately rendered. And I know that people read into or are attempting to read into certain things, and they're looking for tea leaves that uh, that provide alignment. That just isn't the case. Um, and I don't make any decision uh, of this significance uh, lightly, um, not by any stretch of the imagination. It may appear to be the case, but logistically speaking, that's just not that's just not true.
2: The Rockwood School District has had very public tension over its pandemic response, and also how the district teaches students about diversity, history, and racial inequality. The previous superintendent and the director of educational equity and diversity even left their positions at the end of last school year. What are you keeping in mind as you move to a district that has become a national example of the political tension in education that we're seeing across the country?
1: It's, uh, it's, it's not a secret, right? In terms of, uh, th- these points of these points of differences that are morphing into points of division. Um, and it's not just about Rockwood. Uh, its districts, um, not only across the region, we are seeing this dialogue across our society. There's an old saying that schools reflect society. And so I think we honestly need to pause, cool and calm some waters and ask ourselves, what does this mean? And I don't think it's a short-term question. I think it's a longer-term philosophical question that we really must um, reflect upon and really, right, and and I call it the private recesses of our own, of our own minds, our own brains. Ask ourselves, what does this mean, and why is it so tense? Why is it so divisive at this particular point in time? I I am not riding in on a white horse. Uh, I am not flying in with a superpowered cape. Um, I'm a man that's going to be driving in, becoming a part of not only a district, uh, but ultimately a community and we are gonna to band together and figure it out and move, and move forward together.
2: It seems like you're someone who is walking headfirst into these tense and kind of political situations in education. Is this something that you feel particularly called to address?
1: I think it's something that educators have to be willing to address. Uh, it's not a question of if, it's a question of you must. Um, and um, you know, there's gonna be feedback that's provided that you don't wanna hear or you might not like to hear. Um, but I always, when you're able to, kind of scan that, that feedback. Are there kernels that I need to take away, right? Are there pieces um, that I need to reflect upon and say, you know what, maybe there's some truth there. I don't necessarily appreciate how that's being expressed right now, but that doesn't mean that at least a portion of that isn't true. Um, it, 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 is, it is not a superhero complex or savior complex. That's not what this is. The calling is to meet the needs of kids and to work with adults in order to do so. And that's what it's about for me.
0: That was incoming Rockwood School District Superintendent Curtis Kane speaking with St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grunkey. Our Shayla Farzan edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. Before wrapping up, This is the final day at St. Louis Public Radio for talk show producer Evie Hempel. She's been on the St. Louis on the Air team for nearly four years and has been a massive asset. That's an understatement. She produced the segment that has generated the greatest number of web page views in the show's history. It was a conversation with internationally known lecturer, teacher, and diversity trainer Jane Elliott. I am so angry at the new kind of thing that we're teaching people with this white privileges business, which is based on race. I can do these things because I'm white because of my race. I can do these things because of my race. Well, since we're all members of the same race, then if somebody can do these things because of their race, then everybody can do them because we're all members of the same race. We've got to stop talking about race and start talking about human beings. You and I are members of the same race. Every person in St. Louis is a member of the same race. There's only one race on the face of the earth. It's the human race. Just one example of the engaging stuff we've had on the air over the last few years, thanks to producer Evie Hempel, You can hear the full conversation from a 2019 edition of St. Louis on the Air at stlpr.org. We wish Evie the best in her next career chapter. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway.